Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyoli, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where I try to figure out how not to get rejected on dating apps by asking all of you for extreme details about your sex lives and loves. Our guest today is a straight white guy in his 50s. He's in a long-term relationship of just over a year and is into cuckoldry, small penis humiliation, and chastity. An IT dude from the rural Northwest, welcome, Sean. Hi, Wyoli. It's nice to be on. So happy to have you here. Can you start off by telling our listeners on a sexual shame meter if 10 is the most shamey and 1 is the least shamey, where does your shame meter level fall today? You know, I've, I've heard you ask other people this question. It always kind of catches me off guard, even when you ask them, because I don't, if people knew what I was into, I'd be like, really uh -huh. cringeworthy, shamey. Whereas, you know, with my girlfriend, no, I'm not ashamed at all. I mean, she, she knows we've talked about things and, you know, it's uh very little shame in that. Fuck yeah. Although I, I did have a girlfriend that did some shame stuff, but. <laughs> oh, it sounds like not consensual shame stuff, like just the regular kind. Okay. Okay. Maybe we'll get into it. Okay. Can you just give us a little snapshot of what your sex life is like right now? Right now, it's it's exciting. I finally found somebody that I actually get to practice my fantasies with and not be ashamed of doing them. And, and it's just really enjoyable. We have... Uh, sex probably three to five times a week nice. i don't know sometimes it's little quickies here and there over the bathroom sink or sometimes it takes an hour or so and we pull out some toys and stuff so awesome okay and then can you just tell our listeners what does the word sexy mean to you the word sexy to me it means a level of attractiveness it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual but when you meet somebody and you see them you can actually see them in a sexual way Whereas some other people you don't. So I think it's just a, a view how you see someone. Okay. You know. Sounds like a feeling, a feeling of attraction. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Take us back to your early years. 
When do you first remember hearing about sex and what messages did you get about it growing up? You know, growing up in the 70s, I didn't really hear anything until I, I have a very distinct memory of one of my sister's friends was over and we were watching the movie Alien. Uh, I was like 10 and I was like, I was happy to be with her. I didn't know why I was happy to be with her, but I was happy to be with her. She's pretty. She, you know, we were laying on the beanbag together and she's like 16 or 17, you know, mm -hmm. but it wasn't, there was nothing sexual about it, but I felt that way. You know, I, I felt attracted to this girl. I was like, oh, I want to kiss her, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's about the earliest. Okay. Did you get a sex talk from parents or anything like that? Did your family talk about it at all? My dad said, don't get anyone pregnant. That was it. That's the sex talk I got from my family. Okay. What about in school? Did you get sex ed? And did anyone ever talk about consent with you growing up? Nobody ever talked about consent, but I do remember it was like fifth or sixth grade. They separated out the boys and the girls and, you know, the guys would come in and they'd tell us all about our sex organs and what they're for and all that. And the girls, I don't know, they got a little baggy thing. I don't know, crazy stuff in it. And then, uh, you know, just health, sex ed from health. I mean, pretty much I learned almost everything I know about sex at that point in time from Playboys. Okay. Where did you find these Playboys and when? My sister had a friend and he, he I don't know if it's because he got a girlfriend or something, but he gave me his entire collection of Playboys, which was like 30 of them. And so I was in heaven. I was like, oh, yay. You know? Yeah. How did you discover your parts and how did you discover the good feelings that came with them? Like, was it related to the Playboy? Yeah, I didn't really realize, like, I didn't even really know what masturbation was, but I know I'd get an erection mm. if I look at these. I mean, but I'd get an erection if the wind blew the wrong way. So did you know what it was? Yeah. Like, yeah, you get it. I mean, okay. middle school, you start realizing, OK, you know, she's got boobs and, you know, so you see it and started realizing it, you know, but it wasn't until probably I finished eighth grade that I really discovered oh, this is how this works sort of thing. You know? Do you so, remember how you discovered it? I, I don't even know if I was looking at a magazine or anything. I was just turned on and I was in the, in the bathroom in my house, started tugging away and all of a sudden, boom, I was like, holy crap. And then I proceeded to do it like 50 more times in the next 24 <laughs> hours because, you know, it's a brand new toy. You got to play with it. Totally. So. Okay. That first time, did you know something was going to come out? Like, did it just go somewhere? Did you aim it? Like what happened? I knew something was going to come out, but I didn't, I didn't know, you know what or anything, you know, because Playboy is not really real intense on like porn today where you can see everything. It was right. just basically boobs and bush. Yeah. So, you know, you didn't get any ideas on the other stuff. But once I, I mean, I, I realized, you know, I knew men ejaculated. I knew what that was about. I just didn't know what it felt like. And when it came out, it shocked me, Yeah. you know, because it like shot all over my chest and like, holy crap. Okay. Got to be careful put an eye out with this thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how did you evolve from there? What was going on in your young person exploration life? And were you talking about it with friends at all? And did you start exploring with other people at school? Like what was the texture of those early sexual years? It's kind of a late bloomer. You know, I really started hitting puberty at the end of eighth grade. Most of my friends have already hit it. Mm. So like 13. So I had an awkward freshman year in high school. I was kind of a half nerd, half you know, you hang out with all the right people, but you still don't really know anything. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I turned 15 and I went into the 10th grade and everything changed. I got my braces off. I got contact lenses and boom, not only was I, had I been looking at girls for all this time, but they started looking back. And once that happened, it changed everything. What did it change? 
well, I used to be, I was in sports. I quit sports. I didn't care about sports anymore. I, I wanted to, my, my goal was to hang out with girls. Just a little background on that. I didn't grow up with a mother. Okay. I grew up with a single father. And so I think I, I had this longing, craving for female attention. You know, at least that's kind of what I came up with with my shrink. So, yeah. you know, and, and so I, I pretty much put everything on the back burner so I could kind of get that attention. And it wasn't like just sex or anything. It was attention, talking to and, and just conversing with them. Okay. In your family, did you have any siblings? I had two sisters, two older sisters. Okay. Okay. And did they ever tell you anything helpful when it came to women? No. Okay. No. Okay. Not that kind of thing. Okay. Okay. It's always good no. to check in. Okay. So once you started finding these attractions to people, did what did you do? Like in high school, like how did you know what to do? It sounds like you and your dad didn't get into the details about dating or anything. Well, no, but, but then you, at this point in time, most of my friends lost their virginity. So you already basically knew what was going to happen. Do you remember how your friends talked about it? Yeah, it was crude. I mean, I don't know if I want to go into detail, but I mean, most of it was crude. I mean, this was the 80s. Things were a lot different back then. I'm not justifying them, but, you know, it's like when you say consent, I was like, well, there's like no consent in the 80s. Right. Nobody even talked about it. It wasn't, you know, a thing. So so it was more just about like the the conquest or the fact that they did it rather than like, here's what feels good. Here's what I like. Or, or were there any like juicy details of like technique? <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. At the time, I mean, it was, you know, what base did you hit? You know, okay. first, second, third. And it never really went into like grave detail. I mean, I had one friend who I, at the time I thought was crude because we were sitting at the lunch table and he was talking about his girlfriend who he had been dating this girl for a long time. And he was talking about how he licked her butt hole, her anus, you know, and I was like shocked. And yeah. I was like, people, people do that. Yeah. You know? And I was like, really? And he said, oh, yeah, she loved it. And I was like, oh, okay. So you learned something. You know, I mean, just stuff like that. Not not a ton of it, though. Totally. I mean, I actually did not realize that people licked each other's assholes till I was in my mid-20s. Like, I did not know it. It didn't come up for me. And now it's a thing that I love both directions. Okay, so what were your first explorations with a partner like? I had dated a girl, and she became a long-term girlfriend. She, I lost my virginity to her when I was 16. Uh, she'd already had sex with one other guy and all that. You know, and we were just a typical high school relationship, clingy, needy, overbearing. And then she cheated on me. Mm. And that's where everything kind of starts is from that point as to where I am now. I think that was like a defining factor. And, and because you know, she cheated on me, you know, then I find out about it. And she, you know, so of course, then you stupidly ask these probing questions, you know, like it's almost like I'm designing to hurt myself or something. Mm. You know, was he bigger than me? You know, was he better than me? This sort of thing. You know, and, and the stupid thing she's telling me, you know, answering these questions and I'm getting excited. Mm. I was like, holy crap, you know, this turned me on. And it was, I had no idea why. I was like blown away. I thought there is something wrong with me. Why am I, why does this turn me on to think about this? I just thought I was weird. Mm. You know, and so we, we got through it and, you know, we went on in our relationship for probably five or six months. And then she cheated on me again. I went through the whole thing again. And uh, same result. I was like, this is insane. Why am I excited? And then our relationship kind of fell apart because I cheated on her and all that. And I'm not normally a cheater, but yeah. this was high school. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, things were a lot different. Yeah. When you noticed yourself getting turned on in those early years, it sounds like there was no context for what that could possibly mean, which I totally get. Did you share that with her or did you keep it to yourself? And did you get off to it at any point? I kept it to myself and I got off to it all the time. Mm. 
Mm. I mean, that's that's what I would fantasize about if I was masturbating. And and I didn't know why. You know, I, I felt almost ashamed by it yeah. because I'm like, what is going on here? This isn't right. And it goes into the whole aspect, like people today, you can get on the internet and you can find anything you want in 10 seconds. Yep. And back then you could not, you know, so you couldn't explore. Like I couldn't Google back in, you know, 1986 or 87, you know, why does it turn me on when my girlfriend has sex with other guys yeah. or cheats on me or something? Well, you can do that now, but back then, so I, I was mind boggled, you know, and I carried this through all the way into the early 2000s before I started to realize, holy crap, you know, this is actually kind of a common thing. Yeah. So that's, I don't want to like jump ahead or wherever. I mean, I, we'll follow the natural flow and we'll get into everything, but I am really curious because that is a fairly young in your life consciousness around a turn on in, in a way that, you know, I didn't know that I was kinky. I didn't even really like, I didn't clock any of it until I was in my late twenties. I also didn't have any of the cultural context because it's like any sort of cuckold thing is like super duper, not what the cultural script gives men in particular. When I look back on it, I start to see more why this turns me on is this level of, of jealousy and passion. And it, it excites me to think that another guy finds my girlfriend attractive mm. as well. You know, I like that, that some other guy, you know, makes me want to compete for her more. Yeah. And so that's kind of the whole backing of it. I didn't really, I didn't have no idea about any of this when I was 16 years old. I right. just thought, my God, what the hell's wrong with me? Right. After that first relationship ended, what happened next in your sexual unfolding? That was like my conquest time. I, I wasn't with a girl regularly. I didn't have a girlfriend anymore. So I would just try to have sex with as many women as I could. How'd you meet them? At high school. Okay. Primarily just high school. Hit up on them somehow. I don't know. I had some game back then. I don't know if I have any more. <laughs> you know, you could, you could, hey, pretty girl, you know, or whatever, and start up a conversation and go from there. Okay. And what, what was the sex in those conquests like? And were you having sex? Also, how do you define sex? Is it penetration? And were you doing all the other things too? For me, it was, it was penetration. And yeah, I mean, there was oral sex on both sides. I always, I always did oral sex first. Okay. You know, it was generally a one-time or, or, well, I mean, it could be kind of a friends with benefits thing, but most of the time it was just have sex for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever and mm -hmm. go on to the next person a couple of days later or a week later or whatever. Like I wasn't some gigolo, but yeah, I had a good time in high school. I really did. Okay. Are there anything specific from that era, like, locations or things that were learning experiences or like great or terrible things just in that early era. Also, how did you know how to go down on people? Oops, I'm asking too many questions at once. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> like if you're talking about locations where I had sex, like cornfield and stuff like that and back of my truck, all, all these different places. Wait, but... were you like in the cornfield or like next to it or like hiding in it? We were in the cornfield. Just like standing up or like between the rows? Because cornfields are dense. For anyone who didn't grow up in an agricultural rural area like, like I did, like we did, you know, like was the corn poking you? Like, Well, you'd be between the rows. Okay. You know, you could get down between the rows. And it was generally just quickies. That's great. It was happened a couple of times. And there were, you'd go to the park, you know. Yeah. We had a pretty popular park here that had like a bunch of kids rides that were exclusive where you could hide, okay. you know. Not like today, it seems, but back then, you know, you can little cubby hole in the corner. Oh, let's go have some fun. And that's what we did. Amazing. I don't know. I think I tallied it up at one point in time as maybe 35, you know, sexual experiences with different women okay. up until I got married. Okay. I got married pretty young. I got married at 21. 
Okay, 21. Okay. And can can I ask, did you have sex before marriage with that partner? It sounds like you were, that wasn't a factor for you. That, that's why we got married. Oh, <laughs> okay. Because uh, I, I knocked her up. So we got her pregnant. We ended up getting married. I don't know. I mean, I had wonderful kids and all that. And it was great. But it was with a person that I shouldn't have been with. Okay. And so it, we didn't have a good sex life at all. And a lot of that's, I don't know, both of ours fault. But I do remember one time, got pretty drunk, came home. And I'd mentioned that it would be interesting to see her have sex with another guy. And of course she was shocked. Mm. And I said, I said, I don't know why it just turns me on, you know, it just turns me on. But that was it. That's as far as it ever went with her because we weren't in a relationship that would work towards any of my sexual goals like that. We just didn't work that way. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, and then, then the sad part is when you're young, like this is one of the mistakes people make when they get married really young is you don't really realize who you are yet. Mm. And so if you don't know who you are, you don't know what, what you're going to become or where even you're headed, it seems. And so, if, you know, if I'd have done it all over again, I'd have waited before I got married again. But Do you feel comfortable sharing any of the specific details of like just what your sex life was or wasn't like? You know, because you said it was like wasn't great, but can, did you have it at all or what were the day to day like? We probably had sex like twice a month. Okay. Uh, it was really weird. She couldn't orgasm with anything other than oral. Oh, which I didn't mind. I like that. I didn't have a problem with that. So it was fun. And, and I don't want to like bash everything. It's just, yeah. you know, when you're not compatible, that's yeah. all. And you're trying to be compatible, but you're not, you're like, not going to fit together. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Well, and it sounds like it's tough, too. I mean, I, I know myself in my 20s had terrible communication skills just to look back with judgment at her. <laughs> you know, and I also know that like the closer that you get to someone, sometimes the harder it is to even have that openness. And so the fact that you were even able to share this idea about, or the idea of her fucking some, someone else being attractive to you, that seems like a big deal. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I, I remember that night because I'll go into a little bit of detail on it and why, because a guy I worked with, he looked like a Ken doll, mm-hmm. I mean, good looking buff guy, totally worked out as military. And we, we all went to a friend's house. They had a hot tub, and we all got in the hot tub together. And so we're hanging out in the hot tub. And I'd seen him, you know, naked before in the gym and stuff, taking showers after working out, PT. And he had a big tool. And uh, and so this is going through my mind of, of him having sex with her, you know, and that I would fantasize about that. I didn't tell her that, but I would definitely, I would fantasize about that. Those fantasies that you had, did you ever have them while you were having sex with your wife at the time, or was it more for personal pleasure time? Oh, I had them well, all the time, yeah. Okay. My, my brain went everywhere with it. I mean, it was, people describe it, I've heard it described like this, cuckoldry, or that fantasy, hot wife, stag, vixen, it is the heroine of excitement. When I have sex with my current girlfriend, if we talk about it, I'm done. I'm like, boom, you know, it's, it's, you know, so I say we can talk about it leading up and after, but we not while during, if you want to have a good time, you gotta, let me stretch this out a little bit. Don't get into my head too much because my head is where it's all at, you know? Yeah. That's amazing that you have something so powerful. Okay. Let's talk details about it because you said, I heard competition. There's the competition element that is a turn on, but you also identify as a straight man. And I think some people I've talked to have had questions of like, oh, is it about like wanting to watch the other dude fuck? So like, tell us, tell us more as in in many feeling details as you can, just like the specifics of what gets you off about the fantasy, the idea. Sure. 
I, I told you back in high school is where it kind of kicked off. And then I had a little bit in my first marriage and then I had a little bit in my second marriage as well, but that was the same thing. You're not compatible and things didn't work. But at that point in time is when I started learning about it and I, I could Google things. I was holy crap. There's yeah. a term for this cuckold. And, but then I was like ashamed of that. Yeah. I was like, well, cause I'd read the, you know, guy who wants to watch another guy have sex with his wife. And I'm thinking, you know, that's not the flavor of, of cuckoldry that I would want. I mean, I'd be a stag and she'd be a vixen because those are other terms. You know, a stag is just a man who doesn't want the humiliation but still wants to participate. That's generally the definition of it. It could be a million different things. Can you give an example of how that might play out in a situation for our listeners? Like, do you count as a stag if you're in the room in a corner watching or are stags and vixens separate, like outside? Like, is it more the mental part or, or, or am I asking a dumb question? No, no, that's a great question. The stags and vixens, so that's more of the hot wifing culture is what they call it. Mm -hmm. And and the stag can be in the room, he can be watching, he could be participating, or he could not even be there at all. I think the general thing that separates it out from cuckoldry is is the humiliation aspect of it. And then, you know, I mean that and that goes all over to this far realm that I don't touch on, like sissification and stuff like that. That's not me. I like small penis humiliation. Okay. But, you know, I I'm not into dressing into girls' clothes and, and you know, there's forced bisexual stuff and I'm not into that. Okay. I'd be more cuckold guy. And and at the time, like I said, I felt like ashamed. I was mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I, I can't that can't be me. I can't have that as my description. Really it just took like the last year that I really it was like, you know, I just need to accept that this is what I am. Mm. You know, this is, I fit in this definition. You know, I want to see my wife or girlfriend have sex with another man. I want to be humiliated by her, not by him. You know, but the emotion aspect of it is just super powerful because it, it drives up, I don't know if it's my endorphins or what, but I just get jealous and my excitement level. And my girlfriend knows if she wants me to get hard, she just needs to whisper some stuff about, you know, some fantasy stuff. Ooh, imagine him fucking me or something like that. And I'm like, ooh, it's, right there. it's insane. And like I said, it's like the heroine of sexual fantasies. That's so cool. Here's a question. Just today, in this moment, does it stay in the fantasy realm or... Is there a situation where you would enjoy it actually happening, like actually watching? Because I know that's an important distinction for some people. Well, we're, we're on the path, right? It hasn't actually happened yet, but she knows. Okay. Yeah, I think the only thing that's really stopping us right now is kind of a body image thing. Mm. She, she's like, well, I want to lose weight. Okay. She's not fat, but whatever. You know, it's how she sees herself, and that's people what People want to feel comfortable, so. and that's important. Okay, okay. Exactly. Because we, whenever we have, almost every time we have sex, there's always something that plays into it. And then we integrate her fantasies into it too. You know, she's kind of a size queen. And so, you know, we have toys that we use and it's fun. That's amazing. Okay. You mentioned small penis humiliation. When did that enter your radar? Um, and, and just, just so I can, I don't have a small penis. I, I'm a normal dude, six inches. Every guy measures, I'm six inches, probably just shy, okay. Okay. you know, but there's something about maybe like in the competition factor, you know, you see somebody pleasing her more with a, you know, a bigger penis or what, it makes you want to try harder. That's the whole thing. You know, it makes me want to, to work harder to please her. And cause that's what it's all about, you know, is, is I want her to be pleased. I want to see her in pleasure. Cause when she's in pleasure, then I'm totally in pleasure. It's insane. And that's where like the chastity aspect of it is, you know, and then we do a lot of play with that you know, wear a cock cage and all this. And it's brutal, but it, it's so fun, <laughs> you know, and, and it keeps me real, you know, it keeps me down to earth because it's always there and you can feel it all the time. And, you know, she sends me a text or she whispers something to me and all of a sudden, 
it's like, oh, restraint. So, what kind of cage do you have? Is it metal or is it latex? Like, what's the what's the actual texture of it like for you? I think it's a CB6000. It's a plastic one. Then I have some metal ones, too. I like the metal ones better because okay. they're heavier and you can really feel them. And then they've got grates, like not grates, but rings, you know, and where the plastic ones don't have as much. So, you, you know, if she's giving me head or something like that, she can stick her tongue between them. And, and it's very exciting. And that's so cool. For our listeners who maybe are not familiar with cock cages, can you describe in as much detail as you can what it's like to like put your penis into it and how it fastens and the shape and the direction and then what it feels like when you get hard in it? Sure. And there's, there's a bunch of different ones. There's ones that people use just for sex play, you know, which you would never wear for daily use or anything like that. It's more just for display and excitement. And then you've got ones you'd wear for daily use, which, you know, like she's the key holder you're the cuckold or whatever and you're in chastity. That's all that matters. doesn't really matter what your label is. She controls that. And so the ones I have are, are ones that you would wear under your normal everyday clothing. And the hardest part was just putting them on because most of the time when I'm putting them on, I'm trying to not get excited because I know it's going to be exciting. You know? And so it's like, you get a, a wet washcloth and cold water and do all this stuff. It's like, okay, okay, maybe get some lube or whatever. But it basically is, a, you know, there's metal rings and plastic rings and, and they go around your entire penis and testicles behind it. And then you put your shaft into the cage itself and the cage attaches to that ring and it's all bound in there. You know, and there's a bit of humiliation aspect to it because you pretty much have to sit down when you pee. So it's like, if you go anywhere, you got to sit to pee. Uh Otherwise it just sprays everywhere. So you have to be careful. That's so cool. What, what does it feel like to you? I know this is such a hard thing to do to put physical feelings into words, but when you get hard, what does it feel like? Does it like swell up inside? Is it pressure? Does it ever hurt? What do your balls do? My balls pretty much just stay the same. I'm, you know, that might just be me, but you know, when your penis gets hard, cause I'm a grower. Uh-huh. So you, you know, you're putting in and you're small and so you have a smaller cage and then you start getting hard and it's like, Oh my God, you know, you can feel, and it doesn't hurt. I don't think there's really any pain. I, if there is, it's kind of just a dull ache of like, I've slept in it and you wake up with an erection in the morning. It's like, oh my gosh, because you're, you're not, a, you got to pee, you know, and yeah. all this. And you're like, I got to get this thing off. Or I'm not going to be able to pee. <laughs> but it always feels like, like you don't feel your underwear basically when you're wearing underwear. You generally just don't notice them. These you do. Okay. You you always know it's there. You move your leg wrong or whatever and you'll feel it push and it pushes against your other leg. Now I can assume if you're somebody that's into like long-term chassis, I'm not, mm-hmm. but if somebody's into long-term chassis, like a month or something, they'd probably just get used to it. And it'd be just like, they didn't really notice it anymore. I have a question about penises and size. And I don't ask this to most guests because talking about penis size is still a sensitive thing for many people. Why are guys so obsessed with size? I don't know. It's got to be some sort of tr- troglodyte thing. I mean, we're cavemen at, at heart or something. And it just seems, you know, because the funny thing is I heard that back in ancient Greek and Roman times, big penis was not what they admired. You know, there was a smaller penis. But for me, it's it's more, and I've seen videos of it, so that's what kills me. Like when, when, when a large penis is in a vagina and the vagina is wrapped all tight around it and you can see it's pulling. And I'm like, I don't do that, you know, mm-hmm. to her. You know, and so 
that feeling that you get from that seeing it for me that's what it's about other guys might have other issues yeah, you know yeah. like they're jealousy or whatever i'm not jealous i mean you're born with what you're born with that's what it is you just try to use it the best way you can and so like when i look at this you know i can integrate this whole freaking thing into my fantasy and have a great time about it or i could just be one you know some guy that's ashamed of his penis and doesn't want to mm-hmm. talk about it or gets embarrassed or you know degraded by his wife if she says something or whatever because yeah, yeah. you know there's a lot of, i've heard this before you know, I had a buddy of mine, we were real close. It, you know, it hurt him. You know, she, when, when she told him that he wasn't the biggest, it hurt him. Like, oh. he was mad. And I'm like, dude, you um, know, I mean, yeah. there's nothing you can do about that. She's with you now. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. That's just how I see it. Okay. Yeah. No, thank you for that. Honestly, I realized during this interview, why don't I ask more dudes that? Like, that's my own still nervousness about, you know, making people upset or hurting their feelings or touching a sensitive thing, which, you know, I do sometimes. So I think that's just super helpful. Well, for me, like when she teases me about it, you know, that just turns me on even more. I mean, it just, and like I said, it's weird. I don't know why, but it's the competition thing, you know, and she kind of teases me about it. And like she's kind of pushing away and you've got to catch her and bring her back. You know, that sort of thing. It's the chase, I guess. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health. But if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. That is so cool, and it's not how my brain works at all, and I would love to hear what kind of teases you enjoy, because I had one person on OnlyFans ask me if I do small penis humiliation, and I'm like, I have no experience doing that, because I am an enthusiastic lover of everything, and so like someone really does have to tell me they like something in order for me to ever connect those dots, and then I'm just like, what do you say? This is the whole communication thing. You have got to, because my girlfriend, she she was like, well, I don't want to. Yeah. You know, she's scared she's going to hurt my feelings. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 you're fine. Don't worry. You know, I'd tell you if it went too far, which, you know, I mean, belittling or something in a, in a, in a derogatory way, not, not just teasing, like teasing is what I, I prefer. You know, she's like, oh, you know, I had sex with him and he's, he's bigger than you. Like she tell me about this guy that she had sex with and drove me insane with lust, you know, it gets my blood pumping and I'm going. 
you know, she might say something, well, so-and-so would do this or, you know, and brings the whole thing together because she knows that I know that he's got a giant penis and that she had sex with him. So that makes sense. That's like very playful and it's in the context of like people and scenarios. Okay. As I hear you talk, it sounds like you not only have like accepted this. Do you feel like it's a kink? Does it count as a kink? I mean, I know it's got a label, but like this part of the sexual desire of yourself. Yeah, I would say, I mean, it, it's it's probably a kink, but it's not like wild. Like I, I kind of touched on this before. There's whole ranges of in the whole cuckold realm, you know, from the stag vixen thing where there's no humiliation to the whole entire sissification where guys wearing ladies clothes and, and they're just really berating him and the, they have a bull. He might be berating him as well or making him go and do things and that's just not me i wouldn't really be into that you know i'd be into like him going all right bro i'm done with her now she's yours cool. you know, I, I i would like that you know that's fine i'm i'm gonna dive right in and have some fun so do you feel like it was looking at the internet and being like this is the thing is that what helped you kind of like fully accept or what was that evolution like for you as you were learning these things about yourself one of the big primary changes i think that really because like the, the fantasy it always stayed there but it kind of got tramped down with my first marriage mm. when i got in my second marriage and i i told her about it but i wasn't you know i didn't use any labels or anything but i just told her you know there was a turn on to it and whatever and she kind of understood you know kind of played it up a little bit but then i deployed went to iraq and she cheated on me oh. so i'm i'm you know six thousand miles away and you find out that she cheated on you and it hurt, it sucked, and I was incredibly excited by it. I mean, it just, you know, I would fantasize about watching it, seeing it happen. It was just crazy. Like I said, it's once I get into the fantasy, I can come in like a minute. Yeah. So I, I have to be real careful when I'm with her or my girlfriend right? or, you know, I'm going to come too fast. And, you yeah. Know, and so you don't, want, you don't want to do that. So. Wow. Because I want her to have a good time. You know, that kind of progressed. My second wife was kind of a size queen as well. And I, of course, I don't have a giant penis, so I can't really help with that. But we had toys and stuff like that, which was fine. You know, of course, the marriage just fell apart. And part of it, you lose that trust when someone cheats on you. The stupidest thing is I remember telling her, I'm like, you know, you're living out my fantasy without me. Yeah. You know, and, and it's blown the trust all to hell. Yeah. And so you know, yeah. the marriage fell apart after that. It seems like such a missed opportunity to do something with permission or do you think you would have given permission if that had come up at the time? I think I would have. Okay. I thought about it so much. Yeah. I mean, this has gone through my, my brain a million times, like every diff different scenario because like I, I, and I listen to other podcasts that have cuckoldry and stuff like about it. And, and some of the people, they don't talk about it beforehand too much and they don't set up ground rules and, and things like that beforehand. And then it, it leads to trouble yeah. because somebody will violate something or go beyond what they had agreed upon. And so, you know, if, if that was something I agreed upon, I'd have no problem with it. Yeah. You know, like if we had talked about it or did something now, if I'm 6,000 miles away, I don't think that would have happened. I mean, because I'm, I'm not there to enjoy it either. I would just be there. I'd probably still get turned on by it. Yeah. But there'd be a level of anger and hatred or hatred, hurt. In that I that, like that word, actually. Hatred. I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would be involved in it that would not... It would just make it bad. Yeah. Is it a mind fuck to get turned on by something that is also a breach of trust? Like, how does that feel inside your body? How do you oh, oh, deal it's, with it? Total, total mind fuck. When I was getting divorced from my first wife, and she got a boyfriend before I got a girlfriend. And of course, it made me jealous. And here's this fucking fantasy going through my head that I'm thinking, you know, what if I could watch them? 
And this is insane, mm-hmm. you know, because this is the woman I'm getting divorced from. Mm-hmm. It was just a total mindfuck. It was, there was torment all through my brain. So it's just taken 50 years old. It takes a while to get your mind around everything and get it huh. to figure things out, like, especially with a fantasy that is this powerful and could be dangerous as well. I mean, if you don't do it right, you could screw up your entire relationship. Yeah, it sounds like you're now doing it really consciously. And I would love to actually hear kind of what that evolution was like and how you brought it up in the current relationship and how all of that evolved for you before this relationship i had a relationship with another girl i brought it up to her and it was not the right situation or scenario to do it we'd been drinking a little bit and i don't know i just kind of popped it out you know i'd love to see you fuck some other guy and she's like what she got mad and and she like shamed me i mean Mm. this is what i was talking about earlier she's like you don't there no guy would ever want that you know if you love me you wouldn't want that and I'm like, and that's why I'm not with her anymore, obviously. But right. that was part of this evolution. So I, with my current girlfriend, I waited. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to see where we're at first. And then I'm going to slowly integrate this in. And that's basically what I've done. You, you know, you can read, there's manuals online. You can read you know, how to do this and how to approach it in a way that's not going to have her, you know, say, what the fuck's wrong with you and kick you out of bed. Yeah. And so I mean, we're to the point now, she knows my entire fantasy, but the hardest part for me was actually telling her, you know, I, I want you to cuckold me mm. because I'm doing two things or A, I'm, I'm telling her and B, I'm admitting that I'm a cuckold, you know, and, and that's something that was really hard for me to get my mind around because I didn't like that idea of it. Like, even though I, you know, I look at the definition, I'm like, yeah, I like chassis and small penis humiliation and, you know, I want to watch her fuck other guys and. There's other aspects that cuckoldry that go way different, like female-led relationship. And I'm not really into that either. Mm -hmm. And she's not. It's more joined. But it was weight lifted off my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And and she accepted it. She's fine with it. And we'd had this conversation, not about this, but like last summer, 2020, we'd been dating for just like three months or something. And and I remember I I said, you know, I want to hear about your fantasy. She said, well, I want to hear about yours. And I said, well, I'm scared that you're going to, if I tell you, you won't like me. And she said, oh, what is it? You know, then of course she's obviously intrigued. And I said, well, I just don't want you to shame me. You know, you should never shame somebody about their fantasy. All it is is a fantasy and that's what gets them going. And it doesn't mean it's a bad thing or it doesn't mean it's going to happen or anything like that. It's just their fantasy. And when someone shames you on that or tells you, no, it's never going to happen, then it just cuts the entire fantasy to shreds it basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so we kind of talked about that. And I, you know, I just told her, touched on it like, I'd be kind of need to watch you have sex with another guy. You know, and I like it when you tell me about the guys you had sex with, which I do. She's got a lot of experience, which I like. And she responded well, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. She was very receptive. She's like, well, you know, we'll see what happens, that sort of thing. And I was like, that's fine. I said, and I'm never going to ask you to do it. If you, you know, anything you don't want to do, you know, you never have to do it. It's never a requirement. But all I ask is that you keep the fantasy alive. That's it. You know, don't say no. Say "Eh, maybe one day, something like that. And that's all because then it's in my head and it's going like, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I think it's going to, but she doesn't, you know, she knows don't shame me and, and don't say no, because the minute you say no, it just slaps everything down. Yeah. So. Also, I feel like you just helped me really learn the feeling of an understanding that I've known conceptually. So like with my former, or I guess we're seeing each other with my master, I used to always get so upset when he would say things that were never going to happen. So good example, he used to, for a little while, he went through a phase where he wanted to say that he wanted to marry me. And that would make me so mad and hurt and sad because to me, it felt like any time then he's not doing that, he's lying to me. 
rather than being able to connect to the feeling behind it, which I now understand. But just talking to you just now, I was able to feel the feeling through your experience of how that could be a good thing and not a lie. And so I think that's just like, I'm just calling that out because like I'm like feeling it move within myself. And it's also why talking to each other is so important. And it also makes me think about the two different frames you've given us about jealousy. It was like there's a there's a version of jealousy that's very hot. And then there's the version of jealousy that has the cultural narrative of like you have to be jealous to love me. And it conflates jealousy with love. And so I just I'm just hearing these like two very different understandings of the same feeling that comes up. So thank you for that. That is growing my brain and my heart. And jealousy is something that it can either be really bad or it can be really good. And I choose to make it the good way. And I like, I don't get jealous. I stopped getting jealous in high school, basically. And so when you can put away that jealousy and and, and actually admire the fact that some other guy is attracted to your woman, you know, I hate saying that you're a woman. I don't own her, but your, your mate, it just turns you on. You should be happy about that. You know, you like that. I don't know. That's just how I, how I touch on it. And for me, it's like I said, you know, she's looking at some guy in a room and she says, Oh, he's pretty good looking. Wouldn't, wouldn't mind seeing what goes on with that. And boom, I know what we're doing tonight, you know? (laughs) So that's like her way. I told her. And then it's just like the small penis humiliation. I I said, you can say, you can be kind of brutal with me on that little thing or whatever. I would love it if we had sex together with a third, a male, and he had a big penis and she'd do like a cock comparison thing. To me, that's just, you know, would be the torment, the angst that would come of it. And then she's going to have this great sex with this guy with a big cock because she likes big cocks. Yeah. And I want her to have fun and enjoy it. I mean, that's what it's all about. If one of you is not having fun, then neither of you are having fun. I just love how powerful it is for you. Like, I love that it is that strong. Is there anything else that comes close at all? Oh, God, not for me. <laughs> I bet if you talk to any other guy that has the same fantasy, they'll tell you the same thing. It is literally the heroin. I mean, there is, and it's dangerous like heroin too. You know, you mm. could really, if you're not careful, what if she falls in love with her bowl or something like that? Mm. Boom, she's gone. You know, so that's where you set guidelines and you communicate and you're always talking. And like I said, I haven't done that yet, but I also know that there's some certain unwritten rules that you want to do, like no sex with exes mm. because you can kindle feelings, things like that. Cause you have an emotional relationship with somebody. Mm. No overnights. I would never have anything. I think I have ground rules that are in my brain, you know, that I would talk to her about because it's not about her cuddling. And what she's done is her coming home and I get to reclaim her. That's another part of the process is reclaiming her. You take her back and she's mine again. Totally. I feel like the couple of bulls that I have talked to have, that's not the part they're interested in. They're not looking to do deep aftercare, at least with the people that I've talked to. Like they really get off on the, some, you know, I talked to one where it was like about being used as a bull and then somebody else, it's like more of the service aspect of it, which, you know, it's the mental framework around it. And so it's like, yeah, it it does kind of provide that. Yeah. And I listened to a podcast from a bull and he talks primarily about bulls and, and what their perspective is on things. And I like, I really like his podcast. I like him. And he explains it quite well. And there's a kind of a certain professional aspect that if you're going to be a bull in one of these relationships that you should take on, like you don't fuck up their relationship yeah. is one of them, you know, yeah. you're there to do a job and you get to enjoy it when it's being done. So be happy that you get that. And, you know, cause these people are letting you into their life yeah. as this person that, you know, and you can have fun with it too. What if you can go have dinner with them or something or hang out afterwards for drinks or you could just say hey come on in do your business and leave it's it's up to you and what you set up with them totally 
Totally. And I think that that's like an important factor for any sort of like group sex situation, especially if you're dealing with a couple in there. I mean, when I'm when I'm a third, OK, I wasn't a bull, but I was. Let's see. She was a cuck slut. Like we did a thing where she was like being cuck slutted and, you know, I was getting but I was still in my submissive role. And so the daddy was using me and she was getting denied. And then eventually we were allowed to make out. And it was so fun. But, you know, it was it was the very same thing where it was like we met up and like I came over and then at the end of the night like he walked me to my car and that was it and it was done and it was really clean and it was really nice but because we all had you know we were all in agreement about what the game was and it was so fun lovers we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor and they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice so I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best did you know the flora app is a safe place to open up embrace your desires and find like-minded people this is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Fleur. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories, so they downloaded Fleur and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor App celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. Okay, so I hear a lot of it is mental for you, but let's, we, we have to at least touch on some physical favorite feelings. So tell us a little bit about your body. How does it like to be touched? What does your penis love besides all of the thoughts that, that make it come right away? Like when she grips it like really hard, mm. like just squeeze on like harder. And, oh my God, that just kills me. And then if I'm ever in chastity, of course, that's when you really notice it because that's all you're engorged in, in this cage and it can't get erect, but you're full of blood and it's sticking out the sides and, you know, she's kissing it or, you know, rubbing it up against her vagina and you can't actually go into her vagina, you know, and it's just the angst that kind of drives you crazy. It's fun. That's, that's how I do it with, with that. I mean, penis wise. Yeah. What do you like oral sex wise, receiving and then giving? I was never like a huge oral receiver. I, for me, like, especially when I was a teenager and stuff, I mean, there was an aspect of it where it was a turn on because it was kind of a ha ha, she's sucking my cock thing. But I didn't really get that much pleasure out of it. It was always sex that did it. But then I noticed every girl I've been with, well, I should say there's a couple of girls where they had some issues going on or whatnot, where I was like, nope, I'm going back up. And so that's happened <laughs> probably half a dozen times. But I'm a giver. I really like to give oral sex. It's just how I am. Mm. But I like it when they're feeling pleasure and I try harder because I tell myself that I have to. It's not just about me. Yeah. And then you mentioned toys earlier. What toys do you have? What do you like to play with? Well, of course, all my cages that I've got. Yeah. And then we've done a little bit of, of butt play just with some butt plugs, small. Yeah. 
maybe some fingers and stuff, and then dildos and vibrators for her. And she's got a great big, huge one. And we have some fun with that. It's a joy. Awesome. Makes her squirt all over the place. So That's super <laughs> awesome. Have you ever tried a cock extender? Is that something you'd be interested yeah, in? Yeah, I have one. Yeah, okay. I do it. That's normally what I start off with, and it makes it a lot easier for me to go longer because I don't feel it, so I don't come. Yeah. Although even in my brain, sometimes I don't even need to feel it. I can probably make myself orgasm if I tried hard enough just with that fantasy. But you know, the cock extender is great. It's eight inches and it's nice and thick, and she just loves it. And you already touched on it. Guys don't want to hear they have a small penis. Okay. You hurt their feelings, their egos are bruised or whatever. And so I think it kind of goes the same way with women. Like they don't want to be considered loose or, or whatever. Totally. And for me, I love it if it's loose. Like if we do the cock extender and then I go in and oh my God, it's just heaven. It is the best. I don't know why. And it's, it's not because you know, like it doesn't squeeze as much or anything like that. It's, I don't know, it's obviously the idea of it, but reclaiming her and, taking her back, making her mine again is that fantasy that goes along with that. And I don't know, it's just how, how it, the skin touches the skin. It's hard to explain. That it's so cool. And these are details that nobody has shared with me yet. And so I'm just like loving it. What does it feel like to wear the cock extender and how does yours attach? It's just rubber. I, I usually put it on when I'm in the shower, warm it up and everything. And I bring some lube in. So yeah. and you just slide your penis inside of it and it's got a, a loop that goes around you know, it's to hold on to your testicles yeah. underneath yeah. to hold it on. And you just kind of pop it on with those and got to be kind of careful. But yeah. <laughs> that's why I warm it up so that it's flexible. That's so cool. So do you still watch porn actively? Like, are you are you a porn person? No. Okay. I don't like professional porn. I've never liked it. I, I actually think that it exploits women in a way. Um, I'm more of an amateur porn guy. Yeah. Like, these are two people that are consenting. This is what they want to do. And that's what I like about it. And so, and then, of course, every thing that I look at is cuckold related porn. And so you find amateurs uh, and it's real. And that's what I like about these people that are up there. They don't have the perfect body or anything like that, you know, but boy, they're having fun with what they got, yes. you know, and that's what I look at. I'm like, oh, it turns me on. So I went for quite a while where, where I was kind of trying to straighten my mind out to desensitize myself or, or resensitize. I don't even know what the term would be. Because if you watch, I think if you watch too much porn, you can start maybe thinking you want to get into crazier and crazier things. And so I was like, okay, I'm just, I'm not going to masturbate. I'll do like once a month or twice a month. Once a month masturbation or once a month porn? Masturbation. Whoa. I, I don't do that now. How long did that last for? Like once or twice a month? That's not very often. I don't know if I could, I mean, I guess I could, but whoa. <laughs> I, I did that for six months. Okay. It wasn't exactly that fun, but I felt like I had control. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I kind of like that. Not that I, I didn't feel like I'm a porn addict or anything like that. My brain gives me everything that I need. See, that's why I was like, I don't really need porn. I mean, I, I, I like the visual stimulation of it. I do. I And seeing other people doing the things that I want to do, I like that. But I don't need it per se. I mean, I could go just right now if I put my brain in the right mode. Do you and your partner sext at all? Are you into sexting or nudes or things like that? No, it's more FaceTime. Oh. There's a chance that people could see things on her phone that they shouldn't see. Totally. I'm trying to stay out detail and so so we don't do that <laughs> that makes sense that's a lot of good smartness okay <laughs> so that's why we say you know facetime because it's not recorded or anything yeah. like that we have some fun and and then are there any other kinks in your life that you haven't explored yet that you want to explore i don't know i'm trying to think of anything i mean other than maybe expanding on some anal play mm -hmm. like i don't know if i'd like to get pegged there's something about it that I think is appealing because yeah. I, I do realize, you know, butts are very sensitive yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's good. 
can have a lot of fun with that. Men have a prostate gland and, you know, if we use a small butt plug or whatever and put it in, I can feel that and it enhances everything. And so, yeah. I don't know, I think it'd be kind of fun to do that. I haven't done it. Do you think you would want to be in a cage while you got pegged or is that difficult? Or oh, hard? God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that would be the whole, that would be more of a power differential Yeah, change. No, that's what it's like. And and that's fine. I like that. I mean, it's a fantasy and you can make it into a reality and have fun and then you get cleaned up and go eat dinner and whatever. Totally. What about any other different textures of cages that you haven't tried yet? Yeah, I would do some that actually cause a little bit of pain okay. if you get excited. Yeah, I kind of like that. It's uh, like, I like the pressure when you're trying to get a wreck and your penis is pushing out against the... You know, and you feel it. Yeah. It just it's gripping you, and you can't do anything about it. And, and I like that. And so I, I don't know if you introduce a little bit of pain with that. Like I've seen some cages that have like some spikes, spikes. and stuff, which would be I think be fun as long as they're not you know poking holes in me okay. or whatever. But <laughs> just give me some extra. But then I've also seen you know when you do a little you go down that rabbit hole on the internet and you're like oh my god there yeah. are people that do just the craziest like stuff needles that... through some of the skin oh, and stuff oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and then and then what do they call it sounding yeah sounding is weird <laughs> some people are really into it pete our our past guest pete he does some cool shit i have to listen to his <laughs> you totally should and he like he's super into it and for my birthday i got a photo that was requested open invited of a lit birthday candle Oh, <laughs> yeah, and I thought that was creative and fantastic, and it made me so happy. Was it one of the number ones? No, no, <laughs> no but like if he's listening, he is listening, he might try that. So, <laughs> like, oh, oh, it doesn't hurt himself. No, you no, know, no. a funny story about that. It actually, I had a medical procedure, and they ended up sticking a tube into mm. my bladder, mm-hmm. my penis, yeah. and uh, it was incredibly arousing. It was very oh. difficult to not. Part of it, I think, was you know you have a woman there playing with your penis. Yeah, this was difficult for that, but I don't know. I felt it when it went in, and there was just uh, wasn't pain, but it was different. It's sensation. That's what I've heard. It's just like really intense sensation. I guess ladies can do it too. It's just a shorter shaft, so I, maybe it's in my future. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Not today. Not this week, but maybe. So, do you think you would want to go to a sex party or a sex club, assuming that the clientele is? chill and cool people and that part of the vibe is there in the fantasy but like would you go to a sex party with your partner and like wear a cage in is that a exciting cuckold fantasy for you oh yeah i'd do it in harpy yeah yeah I, i'd do it in two seconds flat of course it'd have to be in a different different town obviously yeah yeah, yeah yeah in a world where like there aren't negative repercussions for your everyday life you know when we've evolved the culture and you know from two years from now when we fixed it all together <laughs> yeah no, I'd do it in a heartbeat and I'd let her, you know, I'd be there to watch her have sex with other people. Yeah. I mean, that's my whole aspect. I don't want to have sex with other women. I don't. My fantasy is to watch her get as much pleasure as possible. That just turns me on. So I don't need another woman in it or anything. And I think a big part of it, like whenever this has come up in some of the other things is websites or podcasts that people talk about is that when they bring it up the first time to their spouse or whatever, it's like, she'll say, well, you just want to fuck other women. Mm. That's why you're saying hey, you want to see, you know, and that's not the case at all. Yeah. And I even made it perfectly clear with my girlfriend that that's not the case. I don't, I don't want to be with other women. Yeah. So, and that's part of the power aspect of it too, is that she gets that freedom and I don't, mm. but I, so, so, so it's okay. That's so cool. And then are there any other like big fantasies that you would like love to have the opportunity to explore in your life? You know, so maybe a sex party, sex club thing, but anything beyond that? My fantasy primarily involves her 
And so it would always have to be on her. It might just always be just a fantasy, but it'd be like a gangbang or something. Yeah. And she's over there with four or five guys with big giant cocks and she's just having a blast. And I'm over in the corner with the cage waiting. And then would you get to fuck her at the end? Oh God. Yes. Yeah. That's, that <laughs> okay. would, that's okay. one of my rules. That would be a rule period. There's not, cause like some of these other people, they like, Nope. You know, they wait and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I got it. For me, that's a whole part of the process is the reclaiming. Yeah. I'm taking you back. Yeah. So and there's a bunch of stuff about it. Like there's cream pies, and mm. stuff. I don't know if you, I don't know. We're in a safe. I, I'd have a very difficult time not having safe sex. So that would be pretty much out of the, totally. out of the, I don't want her to endanger herself. Yeah. And, and the sad part is, you know, you can still have tons of fun with condoms and all that. It's just, you know, they're annoying. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. But I'll, I'll put up with that annoyance for health purposes. You know, I don't want her to get a disease or me to get a disease or anything. Absolutely. So you got to be safe. And so the cream pie is pretty much out of the question. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could pull it off and come on her or something. And I'd help clean it off or something with cool. a towel. Oh, with Some a people towel. like to. I was, well, I was going to ask. Some people are into licking. Yeah, I, I can't see myself. I mean, I, in the heat of the moment, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I'm not there right now. Yeah, but, yeah. But primarily, I think uh, I'd, I'd clean it off, and then I'd get to have sex with her, yeah. feel her, you know, after she's been, you know, thoroughly fucked and had a great time. And yeah. Maybe she'll get another orgasm out of it. Because oh. the turn on for her too, I can tell. I mean, just the whole once you start wrapping your head around what it is, it's very difficult to not think about it that way, you know. Unless unless you're just really against the fantasy altogether. But if you're willing to look into it, you can. Well, you know, I could actually have some fun with this fantasy yeah you know just fantasy as well i mean and it, it could always play out to reality who knows that's the way i actually love to hold fantasies because i think for my personal self if i get like too embedded in them then it's more about like doing the thing than like being open to the right set of circumstances but if i just like you know because i have probably infinite fantasies because my brain will just go and there's so many things that i like am curious to experience and try but i don't need to force them into existence because like the reason I think I've had so many wonderful experiences is because there is an openness and curiosity to what's actually available. And so I think that that's like a beautiful way to hold it, you know, like hold the hope of the fantasy and then be open, like you said, to whatever is actually in the moment. Tell me about cuckold angst. It's that feeling of nervousness and anxiety that you get when, and I've read about it, of course it hasn't happened to me, but I can imagine the, the power that is having over somebody's psyche at that time when he knows that his wife is off at a hotel or at some other guy's house and she's having sex with some other guy and you know maybe uh like some of them they text back and forth mm. maybe she'll send him a picture or something or maybe she won't return a text for like an hour and he's just sitting there going oh you know what's going on and then she does yeah you know? so just stuff like that that's and that's that angst you're back there you're probably just you know i I can imagine what these guys are saying when they talk about it and the things I've read in the forums, you know, he's like, I was walking all over the house. I cleaned the house. I did all this, you know, because he couldn't keep, get it out of his mind. Yeah. And so. Do you think you would want to get a picture or do you think you would want to not hear anything? Like what, what do you imagine your preference would be? Uh, I'd want to get a picture, like, especially if I don't know the guy, I'd want to get a picture of his like penis inside of her or something, mm. just stretching around. Yeah. Yeah. I would like that. I would like that a lot. Uh, just stuff like that. Uh, that'd be nice. Her video, yeah. you know, it'd be kind of nice if, if even, you know, she gave him her phone because I wouldn't want him videotaping anything. Yeah. But or she gave him her phone and let him video with her phone while they're doing stuff. You know, I would 
yeah, then send it to me or whatever. That'd I would love great. that. Oh, I'd be sitting at home, just rock hard. I can't touch it. No, no, that's part of the rules. You know, you don't get to do it until you're back. So, but I've seen even videos, the reclaim videos, where that guy, you know, the bull's having sex with her and then the bull finishes up and the cuck goes in there and he's done in like 30 seconds. And that yeah. pretty much beat me. Just because that angst and that excitement you've been holding it up for so long. It's like you're, you know, edging. I don't know. You're probably yeah, familiar with the absolutely. term edging. It's, it's like you're edging yourself, in, but in for like an hour, it's a constant angst. That's the only word that describes it. So, yeah, I want to experience that. And I think it would be oh, just a rush. That's awesome. I'm realizing something I didn't ask you about. We talked about butt stuff for you, potentially. Are you into anal sex with your partner? It's not a requirement. Mm -hmm. My first real experience with it, I mean, kind of bumbled around with it in the mm -hmm. past. But I was 20 years old and uh, met a girl and went, to went back to her house. It was the same guy I met her. Uh, we're sitting on the couch drinking beer, watching a Hootie and the Blowfish video. And I don't even know what came about, but she just talked about dressing up or something. I said, well, you can always model something. So she went in the bedroom and came back and, and she was all gussied up in a negligee or lingerie. And, and uh, I was like, oh, I know where this is going, you know? And so we started having oral sex and a condom and vaginal sex. And then she's like, okay, well, are you, are you ready? I'm, uh, she, apparently she could only have orgasms with anal sex. And so I was like, oh, all right, if that's what you want to do. So she basically taught me how to do it and how to do it right. Amazing. And we played around for like two hours. It was a blast. She had a bunch of orgasms. But she had told me that it's kind of weird. Like I found during my medical procedure this thing that really turned me on. Same thing happened to her. She said she was in the doctor and she had issues and he would stick his finger in her anus. Mm -hmm. And she's just absolutely drove her wild. She's oh. like almost came there. And so I was like. Yeah, I get what she, when that happened to me, I was like, okay, now I know what she was talking about. I, totally. I get the same thing. So some stupid little circumstance or situation you find yourself in can really set you off. Like I wouldn't mind playing with some electrical stuff too, Ooh. like stimulants. Yes. I have a neon wand and I will say I love it. It's such fun sensation. Would you try it on your, like on your actual genitals? Oh yeah. I actually have seen some videos where people have hooked them up to like uh, their cock cage. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that'd be kind of fun. Not, not, not to torture somebody. But, you know, to it's a good torture. It's a great torture. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll probably happen too because I have an e stim. So. Awesome. Okay. Is there anything about your sex life or sex in general, your thoughts that we haven't covered yet? The whole reason I wanted to actually be on your show was just the whole aspect of cuckoldry, you know, in its, in its own way. I, I, I feel like I'm helping guys understand what it's like and that if they do have this feeling it's not necessarily a bad thing and that they can actually have a lot of fun with it if they do it right and if that's what they want to do it's nothing to be ashamed of and again sadly you know if the people i worked with and stuff found out about it, i'd probably be a little ashamed mm. and then just more broadly what are your hopes for your sexual self going forward throughout the rest of your life well i hope that the fantasy comes true but if it doesn't i'll play with it until whatever i mean it's weird it's been seven months since I really told her everything about it and it does not lose its appeal in the slightest. I mean, like I said, if, if we're in the middle of sex and she starts talking about something, then I'm done. You know, it's like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. You know? And I think she kind of likes it because she's got a level of control and she knows what buttons to push. And I, you know, and that's a, that's a difficult thing when you give somebody that power, mm. you know, I, you would probably know. I, mean, I love it. I'm like, here you go. I'm tired. Take yeah. it. Use me. <laughs> Slap me around. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you give them that power. Yeah. For me, being a guy, it's a little different. But yeah. 
I like that idea. Just like it's kind of the whole pegging aspect of things. It's everything's turned around. And from what I hear, it's fun and it's a blast, but there's also the psychological aspect of it. You know, especially if I was like wearing a cage, I would love that. That'd be a great fantasy. What if you were wearing a cage? Would you ever want to be inside like a human sized cage with a cock cage on watching the cuckold happen? I love cages personally. I'm biased towards cages. I love them so much. Anyone who hasn't tried a cage, I'm always like, but have you tried one? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think I'd have an issue with it as, as long as I knew I was going to get out. Yeah, that definitely has to be part of it for sure. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I, yeah, just that aspect of it where, you know, that's more of a real deeper level of humiliation, which is all right. There's oh, nothing wrong. See, okay. So that's actually a really good point. Cause like there are certain things where I actually can't tell what counts as humiliating, like, because my brain doesn't clock it as humiliating, you know, and it's the same way I feel with like the dirty words I get called sometimes. I don't know. So, and I touched on this a little bit earlier, but there, there, I've seen stories, heard stories of the bull humiliating the cuck and I, I'm not, yeah, yeah. but in the examples, you know, he'd like, go get me a beer, you know, and tell him while he's having sex with his wife or whatever, he'd tell him, come over here and, you know, hold her hair for her or whatever. Mm. And, you know, that's not really my thing, yeah. but I see how people can get off on that. Totally. That's the level. I mean, then the, the humiliation goes even deeper into berries I'm not going to go okay. into, but, okay. you know, just like the, the sissification stuff. That's just not. They're not your yums. No, I'm the guy that, you know, I'll sit in the corner, we'll have some fun. You know, if she does the cock comparison, you know, maybe everybody laughs a little bit. Ah, yeah. look at you. He would, takes her over the bed. Fucks her. Would you put your cocks next to each other and take a picture? Because that's like one of my fantasies. I just want to take pictures of cocks next to each other. <laughs> yeah, I'd do it. That's cool. I'd do it. Yeah. And then I'd, I'd also do double vaginal penetration. Oh. I do DP, period. But yeah. DVP is the one that I want to do that. And so, you know, obviously your penis is it's touching, touching another man's penis. penis. Yeah. I'm, I'm not gay or bi i'm not attracted to guys yeah. that's fine i mean i, I respect a, a good looking penis I totally mean, you're a guy, you're, wow that guy's got a uh, uh. yeah but yeah i wouldn't have a problem with double vaginal i mean it's it's basically i don't know it's intentional contact i, I you can't yeah. really say incidental but like you brush <laughs> your shoulder against a penis or something you know it's, but it's like the the turnoff is coming from like the fucking of the woman not the proximity to another cock specifically right correct yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and then in like i wouldn't I don't know. I wouldn't want them to like pull out and come on me or something right, like right, that. That's, right. yeah, that's outside of where I want to go. Okay. But if it was like accidental caught in the crossfire, maybe you'd be like chill about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. I mean, that's why you bring towels. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's not going to hurt you. So, you know, just stuff like that. That would be very fun. I would really enjoy that. I think she'd like that too. So, you know, there's that aspect of being, oh, and this is one part I didn't touch on, but it's a big part of my fantasy action. I'm surprised I didn't see anything. The idea of being cheated on. Hmm. So it's already happened to me. And I think this is what is driven into my psyche regarding this cuckoldry thing. You know, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, we, I would know. It was so she wouldn't be cheating on me, but, but it'd be like her having an affair, going out and having sex with some guy that she meets at the bar or something. And then it's a secret. Yeah. You know, there's just this, ooh, to, to me, it's, I don't know, and then she comes home all used and I get to take her back. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that to me is incredibly exciting. There, there's part of it, though, that I, because I'm like, oh, you know, you want to lie to some guy and he, he's thinking maybe it's going to go somewhere. Like, oh, I don't want to do that. But but this is the aspect of it. Yeah. You know, maybe like he needs to be in on it or something. Yeah. It would just basically be them having sex somewhere else. Totally. Maybe even maybe even on their, their own timeline. Like she just comes home and says, yeah, I just fucked. That's about, you know. Uh. <laughs> That's hot. Okay. I, I love it. Yeah. Oh, I have no choice but to reclaim you now. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you're, you're literally 
the second person that I've ever told this to besides like in this sort of detail, yeah. like I hinted at it with my you know, ex-girlfriend and a couple ex-wives, but to this extent, like where I, where I told somebody, you know, I want to be a cuckold. I don't know. It's a little scary actually. Wow. I feel very honored and you talk so freely. Uh, what else am I going to do? This is something that's so deep within me though, is that like my shrink, I don't tell my shrink about this stuff. I don't really? talk. And I don't know if I ever will. So okay. wait, can I ask why? I know this is common for a lot of people. And shrinks also are uncomfortable about a lot of sex stuff, depending on their training. Exactly. So I think, like, especially if they don't know about it, mm. they, they don't know what it's about, they could just immediately think, what the hell is wrong with this person or whatever. So, like, I can talk to you freely about it because I've listened to your podcast. Mm -hmm. I know what you talk about and I know what you're about. And I feel really easy to talk to. Mm. And so that's why. God. I mean, you're like my shrink right now, so... <laughs> interesting yeah that no that makes a lot of sense that i mean yeah i guess most therapists don't actually have even sex therapists don't have kink orientations you know it's not like they necessarily if they don't get it they don't get it and i have had some friends who were terribly kink shamed by therapists or monogamous ones you know where if they're exploring a poly life and they just don't get it so well i am i'm honored oh thanks i mean i'm, I'm honored as well i think one of the things with that is i've always had this thing in my head about marriage counselors or sex therapists they're there to help you and your spouse have sex yeah. they're there to help you reignite something that yeah. you're struggling with i just don't think it's the same way with my fantasy you know i'm not yeah. they're not doing it and so i don't know how much they know about it or whatever and uh, it'd just be weird good point okay if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice what age or ages would you pick and what would you say i'd probably pick like my teenage years and I'd tell myself to enjoy it more, slow down. Because back then it was always just seemed like it was always so rushed, you know. Yeah. Just dive right in and boom, you're done. And 30 minutes later or whatever, you know, maybe take a couple hours, especially when you're young and you've got all that stamina and you could go crazy, you know. Because, I mean, when I was young, I could I could have sex like 15 times a day if I wanted to. Literally 15? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I had. The, the one girlfriend I had that cheated on me, we had sex so much. I, it was insane. We, we were like rabbits. I'm surprised I didn't get her pregnant. Really. Wow. Actually, I have one more question for you, if you don't mind. <laughs> because you're now in your 50s. Do you see, it sounds like you can still like come really fast if the right things are tweaked in your brain. But do you notice penis differences? Men at around 35 to 40, they start losing their testosterone. It drops about one, one and a half percent per year. And so... I started noticing that when I was like 49. So I went on testosterone replacement therapy mm. and it's just in a world of difference. Now I could still, like when I was 49, I could still have sex and everything. And if she said the right things, uh, that's all it takes yeah. you know, to make it work. But I noticed I didn't have the desire as much. Okay. Like I told you, I went six months and that was in my 49th year. And it's like, um, -de -dum -de -dum, you know, it's not, not really that big a deal. It's kind of how I looked at it. I, I didn't have this desire. I actually talked to a friend about it too, who's older than me. He's like, yeah, I get that as well. Like I could care less if I have sex. Well, then I went on testosterone replacement therapy. Like, yeah, I want sex. Yeah. I mean, it has changed my life. So it's not just libido. It's, it's everything. It's your mood, better memory. Yeah. I don't know why more people don't do it, but. Well, we don't talk about it very much. And I, I don't know very many dudes who openly share with their friends about the fact that they have sought it out or are seeking out. And I will just say anyone who's like nervous about any therapies but want to learn more about testosterone, 
The Huberman Lab is a new podcast. It's like a neuroscience podcast, but he goes into, he has one that's specifically on sex stuff and it is on the sex hormones. So testosterone, estrogen. That's just like a fun fact for everybody. <laughs> and the big thing that really helped me notice is my girlfriend's libido was so much higher. Than, yeah. You know, and she, she told me this, I don't know how factually it is, but from 37 to 57 is a woman's most, their libido is the highest. Mm which is why a lot of people get divorced before in their thirties and they don't have as much sex or anything until after then like, Oh my God. But you know, for men it's like 17 to 37 and then it just all drops off. Well, going on this, like she had a really high libido and I couldn't keep up with her. Mm. And and, you know, I mean, literally when you're having sex three times, three to five times a week, you got to have some stamina, especially older. And so when I went on it, it changed. I can handle it now. No problems. Awesome. You know, and, and I want to, the desire is there. So I would always you know, check with your doctor. Yeah. You, you always have to check with your doctor when you're fucking with hormones. Always, always. But it's, it's changed my life. I've noticed it dramatically. That's awesome. Sean, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. It was very enjoyable. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.